0: From the Multiply Family of Churches, we are Behind Open Doors, a podcast designed to take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. We are located in the U.S., the Hampton Roads region of Virginia. Visit us at multiplythechurch.com. Well, my name is Aaron Denney, Executive Director of the Multiply Family of Churches, and I am joined by a longtime friend in ministry and now colleague as school pastor, Ocean View Christian Academy, Reverend Daniel Mackey. I am Cheer here.
1: Everyone, woo! Yeah, yeah, delighted, <laughs> delighted to be on the podcast.
0: Man, we're so happy you're here. Um, we are actually on-scene today. This is the first time we've done a, like an on-scene episode where we are in the OVCA building at 9504 Selby Place, and we are like ramping up for a brand new school year. How do you feel about that, man? Uh, we're feeling good, and feeling excited. Uh, I've, I've heard about the
1: recordings of this illustrious podcast, mm-hmm. and I always wondered where you guys did it, and I still don't know that location. It's an undisclosed location, but... Um,
0: it, it's undisclosed unless you listen to the podcast, yeah. and then you actually know where it
1: is. So. I've actually listened to the podcast. <laughs> I can show you evidence okay. on my phone, Nice, but you haven't always said it in there, so <laughs> right, it was just the right. episodes I listened to. <laughs> but yes, no, we are uh, ready for school to start here at OVC Ocean View. Christian Academy, and uh, this is pre-service week. Uh, as you said, we're right in the middle of our, our cafe area where we have tables set up and teachers are running around getting all their classroom stuff. We've been doing training, and it's been a good week, so yeah. we're very excited.
0: Yeah, by the time listeners get to this, it'll be first day of school or beyond, and so um, we, uh, and we're and we going to talk about this today. We're going to talk about uh, Christian education today is really um what we're bringing up as a topic and why we believe that Christian education matters. And, um, this is, this is an effort to help, um, uh, you continue to multiply your disciple-making efforts as a listener. Um, and it's a little bit of a plug for Christian education um, and, uh, and, and being able to do that for sure. Uh, we're going to explain some of the history of that and what that looks like here at this church, but in, in OBCA, but also just in general. Um, I'll talk a little bit about Christian education, because uh, since the since the days of the early church, Christians have been teachers and students, and uh, Christian day schools of some sort or another are, are embedded into church history. History, uh, including this one here. So that'll be our topic today. But first, Daniel, uh, we want to get to know you a little bit. Uh, who is Daniel Mackey? So give us a little intro of yourself, your family, uh, who you are, just what God's called you to do, so our folks can uh, get to know you a little bit better. Sure,
1: yeah. Um, well, I am married to my uh, incredible bride, Victoria, and we have five kids.
0: That's a lot and,
1: of kids. Uh, that's a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know anything about that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so anyhow, um, man, we've been married for over 20 years now, and uh, God has, I think, done a work in our lives um, and served in student ministry uh, for many years and was a lead pastor after that. But before all of that, and I think what kind of connects me to part of what I do now, is that I was a public school teacher. And uh, early on in my life, even before I became a Christian, I felt a calling towards education and helping uh, young people. And that was definitely something that got impressed on my heart. And and then when I became a Christian and started getting involved in church, I um, you know, I didn't know anything about church culture or anything like that. But my pastor asked me one day, uh, I said, hey, I feel like I should be doing more, you know, and serving in the church somewhere. And he said, you obviously don't know anything about church, because if you ever say that to a pastor, <laughs> um, he will put you to work really quick. And, uh, of course, that was a joke. But um, uh, he said, how about you help out with our youth ministry? And I was like, I don't know what a youth ministry is, but I will uh, I'll try it. Mm. And, and so I was actually working for the city of Virginia Beach Um doing like secular youth ministry. I was working for Parks and Rec at a rec center, hanging out with kids all day long, doing camp, playing games. And so it was kind of similar, Mm. just without Christ. Um, And then uh, of course I was kind of ramping up in school to um, be a teacher. And so all that sort of stuff collided. Uh, so that's just a little bit about who nice. I am, and maybe I'm uh, getting us a little further down the conversation. No, no, not I'm at sure. all. So, um,
0: no, I, what I what I heard there is that you learned how to turn, you know, playing games and stuff with kids into uh Jesus illustrations of some sort right that's pretty much the the gist of it yeah yeah and sometimes it feels like that's what uh, at least early on youth ministry is right like used to play games with kids in the rec centers and now you got to tie it all back to Christ yeah, uh, in yeah. some way shape or cheesy form uh or another you know yeah no and i think i've always enjoyed doing that you know uh um, you do that is something you do very well and always have to so
1: um but yeah i think um i felt um when I was teaching public school, you know, I felt like my hands were, were tied. Um, I kept thinking to myself, these kids need so much more than what I'm giving them in a classroom. And obviously, there are incredible public school teachers, and we need Christians in that environment. Yeah, and sure. I believe God used me. Uh, in fact, I like, gosh, this is over 20 years ago. But um, there was a girl who had reached out to me several years ago and said, hey, I found you on Facebook. You were my middle school teacher. And, you know, <laughs> thanks for caring about me. Her mom had had cancer. And. All this sort of stuff. She reached out to me like last year, I think, when I had posted something about our students graduating. And she was like, hey, you'll never believe this because I taught in like five, six hours away in North Carolina. Mm. And uh, she said, I'm in Chesapeake and I'm a teacher now. And, uh, uh, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. And so these are things that grace that God gives you that you don't really deserve. Yeah. you know. And um, and so anyhow, just felt a calling towards um, more discipleship of the next generation versus strictly just educating their mind, but how can we equip their soul yeah Um, so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: that's good man so here um at ocean view christian academy you are the school pastor and the acting head of school which means you you lead and pastor uh the teachers and the faculty while really pointing the students to jesus every day and helping families in discipleship uh that's a lot it's a big task um we have a couple hundred students here and uh and what i don't know 50 50 or so total um Faculty members of yeah, some kind. Yeah, right about that number. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um that's a lot of folks. It's it very is. different that from pastoring a church. Um, you know, people might say that pastors only work one day a week, but <laughs> school pastors work in at least five. Uh, so uh, you definitely upped your game there. Uh, but no, uh, well, talk well, thank a you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that's actually true, I don't know. Uh, let talk a little bit about that though. Just are uh, called to to, um, to really. A role of school pastor is different than a head of school. Maybe we should start there. Um, tell me about just your kind of definitions of, and what, how you see your own uh, your role and your position and in, uh, in yourself in the in the role of school pastor. Sure. Um, well, so I think
1: maybe I'm going to break the whole paradigm here, and and then uh, you can pull me in a room and <laughs> discipline me later. I don't know, um, but. Uh, I I don't really see it very differently uh, from pastoring a church, and maybe it's just the way my my little brain works. Uh, but wherever I go, wherever I am, um, you know, um, I, I view myself as ministering to people. And so, if if I work for a, a corporation somewhere out, you know. Um, in the secular world, as we might call it. Um, and I realize we're making sort of fake distinctions here, but yeah. i work worked for a sock factory, worked for the city before, you know, I, I view myself always as someone who is there to point people to Christ, uh, to lead them spiritually. Um, you know, the tasks that we may be doing every day mm. uh, may be a little different. Um, but to me, I'm always going to lead people in that same way. And so as school pastor, you know, I'm, I'm leading, these people, are staff, spiritually, and, um, and my, my main job is really, you know, to equip the teachers because, uh, well, actually, it's equipping some of our other leaders um, who are then equipping our teachers uh, with the structure that we have set up. But, you know, we want to make sure that we're keeping um, Christ at the center of all that we do. And, um, and so my job as school pastor slash head of school uh, is really this understanding that the foundation of all education really comes from the gospel and so I think one of the scriptures that's always meant a lot to me as I thought about education um, uh, is Luke 640 where Jesus says the student you know is not above his teacher Mm. Uh, but everyone who is fully trained uh, will be just like their teacher Uh, and to me that was always such a powerful scripture to um, navigate discipleship because to me education is discipleship Um, and so um, I, I look at this in the same way I look at a congregation, uh, is that we are discipling this next generation. Uh, we get to do it uh, every day, five days a week. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I guess I have up my workload. Um, <laughs> and so I don't view it differently. I think the thing I do view dif- differently from, uh, you know, like a normal Sunday preaching is that um, uh, I, I, would, I would equate it to this, is that like being a school pastor is like doing four or five services every day, five days a week, and I definitely come home tired. And uh, and I'm like, why am I so tired? And I'm like, well, I've been teaching, I've been leading, I'm praying, and I was like, Ugh, and it's wow. like, uh, and then sometimes it's like doing four or five services, and then the kids, men, volunteers, and the worship leader, or the tech guy doesn't show up. And so, right? Yeah, and you know, so
0: crazy. Uh, it's funny, and we don't need to get into the the you know the the why here, but um, you came to us last year, and in need of some rest in need of a break, you know, yeah. and, uh, moving from the other place you were, you were at and, uh, and we were like, well, you know, be, yeah, come hang out with us, get some, get a breather, you know, um, why don't you, why don't you take on the school pastor role and help shepherd some of the teachers and all that. And, uh, I remember it was only a, a month or two in and, uh, I asked you how you were doing and you were like, I'm okay. Uh, this was, this was not a slowdown, uh, uh for sure. Um, but I think um, maybe you want to talk about this a little bit but just like when you're when you're operating in a healthy space of, of your gifting and, and who God's really formed you to be um, would you say that you can you can operate there uh, if you were there in a healthy space versus whether you're in kind of that dream role or dream job but in an unhealthy Environment uh, or organization. Yeah, that's like a whole separate
1: podcast. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the health of a culture uh, matters a ton. And, um, you know, again, no matter the role that you're playing, uh, whether it's like uh, uh, an area you're extremely passionate about. Uh, the culture affects what you do every day. And, um, and, you know, that's what we're trying to do here. And I think that's part of what, what my role is here is to set the culture um, from a pastoral tone, a spiritual culture, a gospel-centered culture, that this is what we do as we educate these kids. And um, I tell our teachers, I told them earlier this week, you know, um, obviously education is, in my opinion, discipleship. And so, but um, our, our kids don't need to know just math science and history alone what they need to know most is christ and um you know uh, proverbs says the the beginning of knowledge is fear of the lord and so we're not teaching these kids really anything until um they know to fear the lord and know him personally and so that's our aim every day and um that's the culture we're trying to create here and hopefully doing it well and creating a healthy one yeah. and encouraging our teachers, uh, as well. So yeah, that's the game.
0: Uh, hey Amen. I think a good, um, just, uh, evidence of that. Um, I was, uh, I'm blown away by in the mornings at 830 we've, we've done the welcome of everybody and, uh, and you get on that walkie and just, do an opening prayer for um, all the teachers in the school and for the students uh, that day. And um, that's just a a great evidence of of, of a culture of care, uh, of culture of prayer even, Um, and uh, starting the day every day just, or every day that you remember to do that, (laughs) Uh, just just giving it to Jesus and uh, letting him know that, um, or letting them know that he loves them.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely. I okay. I know that I need that, um, <laughs> and I need to start my day that way, and and I right. need to recenter my day uh, most of the time as well, mm-hmm. uh, just through prayer. So yeah, it's 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 great to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could say I came up with that on my own, but uh, I borrowed that from people smarter that's, and better than me. That's, and um, that's my entire life in leadership. <laughs> yes. People I look up to.
0: Absolutely, uh, that's good, man. So uh, so today. As we say in the podcast, we want to we multiply the heart of God, right? And what does that mean? Well, today, uh, what really matters to us is Christ in education. All right. You see how I did that? You see that, what I did there? That was uh, impressive. Christ in education. Not That's Christian education, Christ in yeah. education. For all
1: the people on the podcast who can't spell, just visualize that word there and um, <laughs> and then send right. an email to Pastor Aaron here about right. how right. punny he is.
0: Right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. They'll go right to Robbie. Um, <laughs> so today, uh I'm gonna just kind of frame up the topic a little bit. I want you to interject some and um and uh kind of apply that to some of the things of what those principles and what that looks like here. Uh, but really, the, the establishment of educational institutions that were based on biblical worldview is has been crucial to help young people who desire to follow Christ, know the gospel, and how it applies to their life and leadership, and then shape and mold their identity further into the image of Christ, and thereby influence their active obedience to the gospel, and um, so, so it shapes uh, that has so shaped their belief, and so uh, this is the kind of the why behind the what. Here is that um, these educational institutions matter, right? And um, mm-hmm. and what they're about matters because it is it is shaping young minds uh, into the image of Christ, and we participate in that with their families, uh, with the parents and uh, the caretakers, whoever they may be, and uh, and again spurring these folks on to obedience uh, to Jesus along the way and so um, how how do you think that's reflected here at OVCA like where where do we uh, where do we really get to see how this is um, uh, affecting or, or coming from our organization to help do just that to influence these lives of families and kids that come to OVCA?
1: yeah um, well there was there was a lot there in that statement and I think you know, ultimately, what we're doing is we're shaping and we're molding young lives, young hearts, not just brains, right? Yeah. Um, but we're shaping. And if we think about that, visualize, right, shaping something, Play-Doh or for anybody who does any woodworking, right? That takes time. It takes intentionality. And we'll, we'll tell parents on Perspective Tours here, we talk to our staff, like this is not just we're slapping a Bible verse on something and calling it a school like this is a Christian school, you know, and, and sometimes we have parents ask us, like, you know, they want to know a lot of our theology because they've, they've met uh, maybe and toured other uh, schools. And I, I, you know, no one's told me anything, so I'm not trying to out anybody or anything like that, but uh, they've, they've asked some very specific questions and and we, with a great privilege get to tell them how we center things on the gospel. And, and so here we talk about our core values um, and, and that is our, you know, how we accomplish the mission, the the way, and so we're shaping these young minds. And the first core value is the gospel, right? Um, understanding uh, life, education, history, mathematics, science through a gospel-centered lens—the death, burial, resurrection of Christ—but uh, also the brokenness of humanity. Um, and so we want students to understand that. We want parents to understand that because. You know, we're preparing these kids for their future, um, but their future is a life and a walk and a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so he has a calling upon their lives, uh, but they'll never know that until they understand the brokenness of this world, how God has sent Jesus to restore that. And so the gospel is sort of the primary. First core value that we have, um, and then our second core value is family. Um, and we say we're we're making disciples not just of students, but we are coming alongside parents, and we're helping to um, equip parents who have been given by God uh, this role to train up their children in the ways of the Lord. And so, you know, we're not here. We we tell our staff all the time. You know, we're not here to replace parents. Um, God has given those parents, those children, the responsibility to raise them. And we want to come alongside them, cheer them on, uh, provide them with resources. If we have something that we do know that could help them uh, in training their children, we want to offer that, but we always offer it in humility. Uh, But we also say that, you know, we're a small school. And so we treat our staff like family. We treat these kids like family. And and I often have to pause and like put a little asterisk and say healthy family, right? Not all of us have uh, come up in healthy families. And so we talk about what that looks like. But uh, we want Uh, we want to know our students well. Uh, We want to know what their gifts are, their passions, their interests. Um, It's, it's very typical uh, to see our teachers out at sporting events, which I think is, is great. And really a testimony, I think to, um, I mean, I'm new here, um, you know, but I think to what has been going on at OVCA long before I came, because those were habits that teachers had already had Mm. um, of building this family atmosphere.
0: Yeah. I Um, think it's, I think it's worth a a quick pause here because I I heard recently and I just, I want to, Dispel um, any kind of uh, craziness that's out there with regard to family in particular because um, I heard somebody say recently I wish I could quote it or maybe I shouldn't um, um, <laughs> because that might be better but um, they said that an organization calling each other family is just an excuse to run people ragged. Oh, wow. And I was like, man, that's really, that's first of all, sad, um, yeah. that you feel that way. Um, nobody here said that. So we clear yeah, about that's that. That's good. <laughs> but, uh, but man, I, I was, I was like, I was sad when I yeah. heard that. Cause I'm like, ah, man, that's not, that is not what we're saying at all. Yeah. Um, like you're, you're giving examples of the way that we are actually trying to, uh, uh, to treat students and teachers like um, like they're a part of a yeah. Christ-centered family yeah. here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, well, I think sometimes, unfortunately, uh, people who are gifted at manipulating others, you know, will will take words that are meant to be used one way and will will use that to um, you know manipulate people, and that's sure. unfortunate. But. Uh, so yeah, as we're shaping uh, these hearts and these minds, we do it through the gospel. We do it through family and like getting to know each other well. Um, and again, small class sizes enabled us to do that brilliantly. Um, and so, gospel, family, uh, mission is our third core value. And. Um, you know, uh, we're going to get to the leadership core value, but it really ties into what Jesus said about the greatest among you will be a servant. And so we we feel like if we train our students to know how to serve and give back to the community, uh, that is part of a holistic education. And so we want them to know how to give back to the local uh, OV area, uh, the Greater Norfolk and Hampton Roads area. And so we want them serving. We do a quarterly mission Monday, um, and uh, I. We don't have to do it on a Monday. I want to give our our staff a lot more freedom this year to uh, reserve our van and go different places. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, this year we're we're encouraging and structuring things in a way that will allow our students to get a lot more hands-on. Uh, we used to just fund a lot of things, and our kids would send money, but we want them to learn the value of serving. Um, and so. Gospel, family, mission. Um, our next one is academic rigor. That's our next core value, the fourth one. And uh, and by academic rigor, that's a term that is used often in education. And uh, sometimes it's a term that has been misused, uh, you know, for giving people more work to do. And uh, I like okay. to call it busy work. And we're not about that. Yeah. Academic rigor means, you know, we say project-based, you know, real life learning things, but helping students understand things in depth, not just, um, you know, um, yeah. More facts, right? Right. Um, right. Uh, and so that's important. So yeah. academic rigor,
0: teaching them, teaching them how to think, right? It's teaching them like, how to think. Like that is the <laughs> that is the core, uh, or that is the primary. I think shaping outcome uh, of success uh, for educated people. Talking, thinking about the mind part of this is like if we can get. Young people to think critically about things and not yeah. just Google it, um, and actually think through a problem and problem solve. Yeah. Um, ultimately, that's what leaders do—they're sure. problem solvers, right? And so, uh, yeah, so teaching p- teaching young minds how to think um, uh, because there is a, a there is an important process to that, and uh, yeah, you so doing some project based stuff, working together as a group, um, uh, that that gives sets students up to have the ability to think through issues and problems and solve those things together. So yeah, that's critical for sure.
1: Yeah. And critical thinking is typically the word <laughs> yeah. we, we use. Right. And, uh, and like you said, uh, and that kind of, you know, segues into the, the next core value of leadership, but that is the hallmark of a good leader is that they can think. And I think you know, for those listening at home, we're, we're all used to and, and seeing, you know, in a variety of realms, be it political, be it in the church, be it in our own families, people who are so staunch in, you know, uh, one way of thinking because that's the narrative that they're familiar with uh, is that they're not able to think critically about deep issues. And there's nuance to so many of the things that are happening in our society. And so we need and we want to here at OBCA train up. Solid leaders who can think critically and are not just willing to accept, you know, um, whatever whatever narrative is being pushed necessarily in their sphere of influence. But how can they think deeply, critically, um, uh, you know, from a gospel centered lens ultimately? Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And then leadership's the the, the last one. But sometimes we'll say leadership's not one of our core values, like it encompasses all the core yeah. values. Um, but you know, it's it's important for us just to pause and make sure we mention that is that our whole mission here is to equip the mind, body, and soul of the next generation of leaders. And we believe uh, that all of these students are called to lead in one way, shape, or form. Um, that may be as a janitor, maybe as a parent, uh, maybe as a doctor, a senator, uh, another teacher. Um, but God has called and has a leadership calling upon each of our lives. And so, um, I think the question you asked was like, right? You know. How is Christ in education? You know, and how are we actively playing that out? And for us, it's through uh, those five core values. So, yeah, yeah. Um, And I got them all correct. You, know, you we, did. We were you joking did. before the podcast. <laughs> what I, if I was put on the spot, would I be able to regurgitate over yeah. there? Really?
0: Well, I went. I went ahead and wrote them down just in case <laughs> uh, I had to be the one to summarize it, um, so I could get them all done and in order. Probably, I have them tattooed so. on my
1: uh, palm here. <laughs> <laughs> cheated on the test Just.
0: Uh, man. so so that's that is the topic really i mean that is Christ in education like you said that's what we' we're, we're getting at today and so um i want to I want to dig a little deeper deeper into some of the biblical foundation or maybe some of the historical even foundations uh, in Christian education because um, the church over over centuries has historically gone into countries and established a missionary presence and almost immediately established a scholastic presence as well. Um, and now I will be the first to admit no, the church has not always done this In the best ways and uh people have been either overlooked or abused in the in the process and um that is just a result of the the fall and i don't want to discredit or discount any of that that has happened but um you know we're human beings and uh this is life in the broken world um however christ can even redeem those things and so um in the west at least as kind of the um uh, colonizing be began and was spread throughout uh, the world from from the West a lot of it anyway um, the churches would go and establish themselves and with them start a school almost everywhere they went um, we we heard the the best illustration of this was in the South India where there is a heavy Christian presence um, in a largely non-existent uh, uh, Christian life. The rest of the places in India um, is, you know, our mission partner over there uh, has talked about this with us extensively, and just his own strategy of of trying to reach kids, educate kids, get them in a place of Christian education in a hostile country, mm-hmm. um, so that he can, uh, so that they can be raised up and secure. Um, Positions of high rank in government, so as to uh, protect um, uh, Christians in the future from at least some of the persecution. It's not going to go away. Sure. But um, uh, anyway, he's even using this with his own strategy. This is really um, how he aims to reach these people, and so that strategy is something he took from Christian history. Um, it's not new, uh, but the same. So the same thing is happening um, uh, across, or has been happening across the world in all of Christian history, is happening today in India and. and. And we're starting to see the need for that to happen here in our country as Mm -hmm. it gets more and more secular. And, um, you know, so the the theory behind this endeavor is always based in the human holistic way of processing information, Um, this whole knowing, being, and doing uh, approach to life, this holistic approach to life. And, um, you know, so once the example of that is, so once I... Or explanation, I should say, is once I know something, it, it shapes my identity and my actions, and then I change or adapt based on what I'm knowing, and the cycle continues. I continue to grow um, in this 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 process, and this is really the way God has designed us to process information. Um, it's why the gospel of Jesus, of course, is good is news. It's it's a message to be processed by the end user. So the information I know to be true about Christ. Um, like Romans uh, 10, 8 and 9 would say, it, it shapes and even changes my identity. I become a new creation in Him. I feel like I'm preaching to you, but I'm, yeah, I'm not really. Preacher, man. Uh, there's a couple of people that are in the room because uh, we're <laughs> in this uh, pre-service week, so uh, so they can hear me too. I'm just going to get up here and um, yeah, pull the I'll mic bring up and the start preaching. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but it changes my identity. I'm a new creation in Christ, Second Corinthians 5.17, right? And so, therefore, my actions ought to change as a result, because my heart has been changed, uh, and in fact, if actions do not change, one could assume that well, the fruit reveals the root ultimately. So, um, so this this whole process of getting at the mind. Now, we would we just said earlier, it's not only about the mind, correct? Um, but a lot of education begins with the mind. It has to start there. It has to start somewhere, right? And it and it it begins with changing people's minds. Right. And once again, that happens. <coughs> by God's design, but from hearing a message about Christ, you heard the message, you process it mentally, and it begins to make its way down to your heart and ultimately change who you are and ultimately change how you act. And so this, this, uh, process of, 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 I guess, processing information and, and receiving this message, um, is, is again, how we were shaped and how we were designed. So, um, any, any just further thoughts on some of the biblical convictions and uh, uh, foundations there from you?
1: Yeah. No, I, I think, right, uh, the Scripture tells us to train up children in the way that they should go. Um, and uh, and that's a Scripture that can be taken out of context and that sort of stuff. But that idea of training has this idea of shaping and understanding how kids are bent um, and um, and it starts really like you said with the mind because that's that's where things come in first that's the way God has designed us uh, to experience uh, the world and of course the scripture tells us right that the mind needs to be renewed um, through the Word of God and um, and I think that's important for us but you know we're, we're essentially getting at the the biblical foundation right of, of why we're doing this and I think there's a, a ton to support that you know and um, even in the New Testament Testament, right in Ephesians, where it's telling, um, you know, parents to train uh, children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, you know, bring bring them up in that way. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you know this, who, who, who this quote belongs to, maybe Robbie knows, uh, but, you know. They'll we'll Google it. Yeah, okay, you can do that. Uh, but the hand that rocks the cradle, you know, rules the world. And I think that's probably what Danny was, uh, mm. was understanding, right, is that uh, there is a time in children's lives, um, you know, where oh, you their brain is growing and expanding, and they're hungry, uh, they're creative, and they're searching for truth, and um, and this is the time to be shaping them because as we age, right, and as, uh, you know, and even the statistics talk about most people that come to faith uh, come before they're 18. And uh, that's because there's a softness of heart and of mind, um, you know, before we start cementing and getting cranky uh, curmudgeons <laughs> right. and set in our ways. And so, um, you know, I think that's, again, part of the biblical foundation uh, for what we're talking about here, so. Yeah, for
0: sure. Do you have a pull quote? Yeah, where, where yeah, it? it's, uh, it's actually the title of a poem oh. by William Ross Wallace. Okay. Wow.
1: All right. Not Ryan the Scottish Wh- William Wallace. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why he said Ross, I guess. Uh, <laughs> WRW. Uh, what's the date on it, does it say? 1864. Oh, I was oh, going to no. guess some 18s. I don't yeah, think that, I would have guessed. You just like... But. Proved how well read and in the the depth of your historical yeah, knowledge. Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't be fooled. Yeah, I just read quotes in other books, and I'm like, <laughs> right. oh yeah, yeah. I heard this oh, quote one time. I heard this quote one yeah. time.
0: Yeah. Speaking of books and um, quotes and those kinds of things, there's a book by a guy named Alvin Schmidt um, called "How Christianity Changed the World," and he goes through a myriad of different uh, kind of chapters and, and discussions and the book is really long uh, but the portion on Christian education that uh, uh, that's in there I think is is helpful there's a, a couple quotes here I don't think I'll read through all these but um, he talks about in 18 or excuse me in 150 AD uh, Justin Martyr, uh, often called the first great, is often called the great first scholar of the Christian church. Uh, he established these kind of training schools, uh, one in Ephesus and one in Rome, and these schools began to start to appear in other regions. And this was primarily to be training people in biblical literacy, even though we didn't have the whole New Testament canon at that point, at least helping people understand from. Uh, Old Testament to how Christ fulfilled the New and then uh, getting, getting these schools established. And so it kind of evolved from there to these, uh, these schools that began to exist from the 4th to the 10th century. This is all, again, a pull quoting. Um, some of these are quotes, some of this just information from this book. Uh, that were All these, these schools that were maintained by bishops and they were uh, taught not only Christian doctrine but commonly also the seven Liberal Arts, uh, the Trivium, Which is often uh, referred to in uh, primary school is the grammar, rhetoric, and logic, and then the quadrivium, which is arithmetic, music, geometry, and astronomy. These. Seven together, the Trivium and the Quadrivium, uh, were taught through um, throughout the very very early days of Christian history. And by the ninth century, Christians also had these parish schools that were separate from the cathedral or the monastery or whatever the case may be. And this is what we what we call today classical education. um, Is this Trivium and Quadrivium, and they still focus in on those um, uh, on those historical uh, Christian education. Pieces. So today, that still happens.
1: They do. I was really impressed. You uh, read those words there. That was, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be too impressed. I mean, you're <laughs> you're a really smart guy.
0: And, uh, so I, speaking of other smart guys, uh, Luther, of course, Martin Luther in the 16th century. So this is early 1500s. Um, he wanted houses for the poor that were like folks that were like. Places where beggars like just kind of hung out. Um, he wanted those converted into good schools for boys and girls. Mm. Uh, so he wanted to educate the poor, and um, he never denied that one of those uh, one of the purposes of education was to train pastors for the church. But he wanted children to be educated as God fearing and law abiding citizens who would serve God and society in all stages of life. So these schools were to him to train and prepare. Uh, more than just clergy. And John Calvin kind of similarly advocated for universal education. He wanted to see people uh, grow in education, um, uh, not just uh, biblical education. Um, His... He had a system of elementary education that want, he wanted in the vernacular of all, mm. including reading, writing, arithmetic, grammar, and, and religion, and the establishment of secondary schools for the purpose of training citizens in civil and church leadership. But so, all that little summary there was from the book, How Christianity Changed the World by Alvin Schmidt. It's just a really helpful giant book uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, but understanding all of this and understanding the goal of the Church in the Western world and the nations uh, to which they were going, um, we, we going back to what we said a minute ago, we, we see that the minds of young people needed to be influenced with the message of Christ and shaped by um, the Gospel, as we would say. Because, um, as I heard somebody say one time, once you see Him taught in all of Scriptures as our faithful King, You can't unsee it in everyday life. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that, uh, because once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's the curse of knowledge, right? Once we know who Christ is and who he's called us to be, um, the truth gnaws at the rebellious heart like an ox kicking against the goads. In Acts 26, we see that. We see Paul kicking, uh, or Paul quotes from his... Conversion experience about how he was kicking against the goads. I once heard a sermon by, um, Chuck Swindoll, and he just repeated that phrase. You know, Chuck's (laughs) voice, he's got that preacher voice. He's got an amazing voice. Why are you kicking against the goads? I love it. Um, but yeah, so this change of mind, heart, body is how the church has influenced governments and societies and people over the centuries and subsequently preserved uh, the earth for some time, Mm. but pushing back darkness as salt and light. And so, um, this is that's kind of our biblical, historical, theological foundation. So, what we're saying there is we didn't just decide in 1994 to start a school, correct? <laughs> as an academy, right? Like, uh, we got to get this thing figured out. Uh, we need a school now. We there were some reasons for that, we can get into it in a little bit, but um, but it was really important. It's really important to understand there is a whole uh, a, a whole of Christian history that was designed to put education in front of the normal people in life right. so that they can be educated with this biblical understanding, this gospel worldview. Yeah. Any more on that you want to expound upon?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, uh, just to bounce off of what you said about, like, once you understand and once you see... Jesus taught in the scriptures as the faithful King and Lord of all, you can't unsee that, you know? Uh, and I think for me, that's what's always made me passionate about education is that I was, as I was coming to faith in Christ, you know, part of that was even through education. Like, you know, I I finally started to pay attention and, you know, um, read, (laughs) I started to study. I was a pretty poor student my entire life. Uh, but the more I began to read and, and, you know, some people, uh, feel like there's a, a disconnect between between Christians using their brain, you know, or science or mathematics and Christianity. Right. But to me, I, I just saw the glory of God, you know, in numbers or in not in the book of numbers, but obviously see the glory of God in the book of numbers. Um, I'll be in real big trouble if I start. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, in, in mathematics, arithmetic. yes. Yeah. Um, and so you can't, you know, so it's it's this whole worldview uh, that I would call a, a truly gospel centered worldview is that I'm seeing God's glory. And everything from science to history to mathematics, and once you see that, you you can't unsee it. Yeah. it's like you, it's like Neo in the Matrix. You're just seeing the numbers everywhere, to see the glory of God everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um and so to me, um just again back to how we started from um, the beginning is that to me, education is discipleship, uh, and so if we're all disciples, uh, we're all being educated, and especially um, our children. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm. that's good, man. Good word. You're preaching today, too. All right. Go ahead. Let's go. Uh, So what does all this mean, really, when it comes down to it, Um, that everybody should start a Christian school and uh, all non-Christian schools are evil, right? That's what we mean. That's not, That's not what that means. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, I agree with you. Um,
1: We definitely want to show some love to the Christian schools, I think is, is what we're trying to say and, and to have parents be thinking well um, about how they school their kids. Uh, Again, we, we talked earlier about this idea of critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And so for any family to decide where they're going to send their kids to school, they need to think well about it. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're not saying, um, all Christian schools, uh, all non-Christian schools are evil, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I'm a I'm a product of the public school environment. Um, but you might say that I'm, I'm more a product of the home that I came from, right? That is and absolutely true. <laughs> that is really what we're saying uh, today is that— um, there's a good, better, best thing going on here, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not going to belabor that, but just to say that there, there's good ways to educate yourself and your kids. There's better ways and maybe best ways. And um, uh, we would say at the minimum a better way is is some form of Christian education, uh, whether it's um, homeschooling or in a in, a, um, in a, a church academy or in a larger Christian school. Uh, if you're in an urban environment like we are, you have all those options ahead sure. of you, and uh, sure. all places to get involved there. Um, I had a professor one time that that uh, kind of explained this whole like classical model of education in, in such a way that was it was helpful for me because yeah, he said that of course. We would understand, I don't think anyone would argue, that primary and secondary education, like like primary school, like grammar school as it might be called, that trivium schools, you know, and that, right. that kind of before fourth grade is obviously very formative yeah. for those kids. And that's uh, a huge, huge um, uh, focus for us at our school is to, to help the, even the youngest among us understand who they are in Christ, or at least know that... Jesus loves them, you know, and, uh, and that's very formative. Uh, moving up into the years, as you do begin to think and uh, and begin to develop the ability to make arguments and those kinds of things, uh, the higher the higher level of education there um, is certainly very formative. He he would even go on to say that, um, this professor of mine would say that certainly high school uh, age and our, the way we have it set up today uh, is formative and even college, that college education is also formative. It's not—we often think, in our, at least in our culture, that once you finish high school, you go to college to learn what you're going to go and specialize in. And I don't know about you, but that was not my college experience. <laughs> um, you know, I went— to be an engineer because engineers make money. And then I learned that engineer is like a pre business um, school because that's what ended up happening for me. I ended Interesting. up majoring in business finance because I wasn't, because I got a hold of my life in sure. college and I was no longer um, driven by money. I was driven by what he was truly calling me to do and what he sure. had gifted me for. And so, um, so business began uh, my, my approach there for the undergrad program. So, um, yeah, what about you? What, in your, kind of your education, formal education experience, um, you know, what did that, what did that look like for you? What was formative for you, uh, especially post high school, I guess? Yeah.
1: Um, Well, and again, you know, again, to me, I'm just going to keep going back to, and I hate to be a resounding gong, but again, Luke 640, right? When a student is fully trained, he will be just like his master, right? And so the, what you read, uh, the environment you're in, the culture you're in is going to shape you. And, um, and so, yeah, um, I've, I've had the privilege to do, you know, formal schooling after high school. I was a public school kid all my life. I, I spent two years in a private school. Um, but, uh, private school was worse than a public school. And so, uh, it, it wasn't, uh, uh, Christian school by any means, but um, uh, as I was coming to faith and went to college, you know, there was so much there that really formed me um, in that environment, and I was extremely grateful. Um, but we often call it the unwritten curriculum, right? There is an unwritten curriculum that happens in a culture, in an atmosphere, in a place uh, that uh, you're, you're teaching a different it shouldn't be a different curriculum but it's not necessarily on the books and and those mm-hmm. things are forming they formed who i was as a person uh they gave me leadership opportunities and um you know those weren't things that necessarily happened in the classroom uh, but there were a lot of things that happened in the classroom right because that that shaped my worldview when i'm when you're hearing professors you know talk to you about science or business from this perspective yeah it was really helpful for me um yeah.
0: and so yeah, I remember first time I had ever been to a Christian school in my life, wasn't until I went to seminary, and I was, whatever, twenty seven years old or something like that. And I remember the first class I ever took in person. Um, I was twenty eight by that point. Uh, they prayed before the for the class, yeah. and I was like, "What is going on here?" Yeah. Like, even as a, I was a youth pastor at the time, <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, you can pray before, before class? class? That's cool, you before know." For a test, um, yeah. and that was. Uh, that every class, um, they prayed, and often because of the school I went to, we prayed for the nations. You know that they yeah. would know Christ, and they would train us up to go reach the nations. And I'm, I was just blown away. And here I am, late twenties, been a Christian for a. Uh, uh, a practicing Christian now for quite some time was a youth pastor and was just uh, blown away by that. And that was formative for me as I was getting my master's degree. Yeah. And so when it comes to even some of that level of education, it's sure. still forming you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, it kind of depends on what track and uh, uh, what direction and what, what you're going to do professionally. But, um, but I, I would say, and I'm going through this right now with um, my oldest starting to look at colleges. We're not very far from that now yeah, and so yeah, uh, that's here. start yeah starting to look at like what is that does she should she go to a Christian college or not and right. what does that look like and uh, um, yeah I mean I think it's pretty clear where I stand <laughs> um, in helping her see that um, and uh, the importance of that is uh, um, uh, it has been, a challenge, but also I think very important, you know, yeah. Um, not, and I'm saying it on here right now in this microphone <laughs> because there's a parent out there, there's somebody out there that's like, is it really that big a deal? I'm saying, yeah, I think it is a big deal.
1: It's uh, uh, again, uh, broken record, Luke 640, <laughs> right? Uh, so, and, and, and hear me for any parents that have your, Kids in public education, uh, God may be calling you to do that, but you have to answer the question well and think thoroughly through it. Like Luke six forty, is that the student is not above their teacher? everyone is fully trained, will be just like their teacher, right? And um, and so someone is training your child, and you may be doing that very well. And I've seen a lot of great examples of that. Um, but but you have to answer a lot of those questions, um, and everything is forming us, right? And so yeah. I know people listening to the podcast, right? Don't have any uh, post high school education that's that's okay we're not at all uh, shaming those things uh, but we are saying just as we would say as pastors in a pulpit right like the people you surround yourself with the yeah. things that your mind is thinking on um, those are things that are forming and shape we're all being formed uh, there's a guy uh, who preached a sermon I think at OV Church and and he said who's your rabbi right like yeah. you know um, all of us are following someone, and we're being shaped by something. And, and we have to answer that. You know, what is shaping us? Um, and for us as believers, it's who is shaping us and, and how is Christ continue to be formed in our lives. So, right.
0: And so, um, so to put this really practical for maybe the public school parent or whomever, that's just like, that's what I got. I can't really do. What I want to encourage you. This is why you go to a good, healthy church, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because guess what? most of those have still Sunday school. They may not call it that. Um, they may call it kid men, They may call it, um, you know, fun time with the kid. <laughs> I don't know what they call it. But, uh, but the reason Sunday school was established um, back post-Reformation days um, was for this very purpose, so that people could be trained up in, with biblical literacy. Yeah. Um, so that if they did not have and could not afford an education, that they would actually be trained in the church and at least have some sort of uh, schooling, uh, even if it was more informal in this case. And then we kind of carried it on historically to be what it is today and kind of the traditional model of Sunday school, which, by the way, is funny. uh, We sort of scoffed at, I think, (laughs) as you and I did as youth pastors, and we're like, "Oh, Sunday school, whatever, Uh. Uh, such an old thing. And now... I've had so many people <laughs> come to me in the last year, excuse me, the last year or so, and they say, "I just wish there was a little bit more training that could happen. Maybe, like, what if it happened on like a Sunday morning or something?" <laughs> I'm like, "So you want to bring back Sunday school? Is that what so you're you saying?" Sunday school back. <laughs> and wow. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm here for it. Like, yeah. it's, it's a great, it's good for teaching, getting people used to teaching, Yeah, um, and of course, for, for certainly for training and all that as yeah. well. But yeah. it's, it's, it's fascinating
1: it's, that it just comes around full circle. Yeah, there's nothing know. new under the sun. <laughs> and uh, it's it's all essentially Christian formation, right? And that's the word we kind of keep going back to. Yeah, um, And so what, what can happen in churches, right? And you and I know this, uh, is that sometimes we can cling to certain ways of uh, Christian formation education and um when we cling to that specific way uh that can become unhealthy when that way is no longer working and connecting with the current culture we have to um you know uh, understand the culture understand the times that we're living in Um, and so
0: that's important yeah yeah that's that's good man um i just i think for the church itself it it really begins with helping families disciple their children you know and uh This is going beyond formal schooling now. We're talking more about in the church environment, Um, whatever we're doing, especially in our Western context. um, There, There's there's spaces for the youngest kids in, we'll say, like a house church, where um, it's just going to be tough to do that. And uh, I think that's why... um, Home churches, uh, simple churches, house churches are good to kind of get people into uh, the door, get to people into community. And um, I think it's good. I think that's, uh, I know that's why we try to do both here. Uh, We try to say, yes, we have simple church. Please get into simple church. You need community. You need that family. Mm -hmm. Um, But The what the larger church can offer in in the areas of just pooling resources, getting. uh, classes together for kids and, and training together for future ministers or, or small group leaders or whatever the case may be, um, is really, really essential. And so, um, getting into a good healthy church that has that is the same type of thing when we're talking about Christ in education. Cause you ca- you've said multiple times now, uh, Christian education is just a form of discipleship, right. um, ultimately, uh, cause not every church can have an Academy. Of sure. course, not every church sure. can have a, even a pre-K or a childcare center. Um, but they can support it. Yeah. Right? Can we talk about that for a second?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, I, I think for pastors, right, you know, um, you're busy. There's a lot of things on your plate. There's everyone in, uh, sending you an email about their product, about their thing. And, um, you know, and there can be a lot they can gather for our attention. But I think if, if we're taking time to think through um, how we impact our world, and how we impact our world is largely going to be. like We want to play the long game. And I mean, you know, there there are multiple people who will talk through like, you know, and, and I don't know that I would always go this far, but Satan certainly has a strategy, right? And he certainly has a strategy to attack young people. And I think we just did a training today on mental health. And um, you know, our school counselor here, uh, who's an incredible lady, uh, just like brought out tons of statistics about how these kids are just being assaulted, mm, yeah. um, and this is a generation that has way more uh, than we ever had, than previous generation has had. They have more, um, more of everything, uh, and 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 yet they are really struggling, mm. and um, and there is certainly uh, some demonic. Um, Strategy behind that. And I think what we're trying to say is, you know, um, we want to play the long game and how can we impact families for Christ uh, over a longer period of time? And so, how as a pastor can we support Christian education? What can we do to partner, you know, and let families know that they're, hey, there are good Christian schools, affordable Christian schools, you know, Uh, just thinking through that, you know, um, continuing as a body of Christ, you know, I mean, the reason why I'm here um, connected in this. Uh, family of churches and on this podcast right now is because youth pastors back in the days uh, said, you know what, I don't think I just want to do this with my youth group, you know, but um, let's let's be one body and how can we benefit from the gifts and skills of each other? And so we start doing denials and trips and mission trips together and yeah. a variety of things. And so I think that's kind of a similar way that churches who may not have a Christian school can partner with other Christian schools and figure out, you know, can they speak in a chapel or those sorts of things? You know, there's a lot of ways they can just, uh, just by knowing as a pastor there are Christian schools that you can point your families to is really helpful. I think, um, you know, so,
0: um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 really, I think it's important. I think what, what we can tend to do, um, at least in our sort of individualized American culture is sort of isolate ourselves into this, like, oh, well, OVCA is, is OV's thing. You know, they'll, we bless them. I hope they do well, but yeah. uh, that, that's not my thing. If, if you're at another church, right? Um, I can't. If I can't, I can't go to that school because my church is over here. We're in a, we have a different name and we're whatever. And and what I guess I'm saying is like, now you can you can support Christian schools by encouraging people to send. kids there. If you believe in some of the convictions that maybe you've heard from us today on this podcast, like, um, that is, uh, that is a way to help support these, especially these church schools that like the ones that we have, the one that we have, we got a, the advantage of having a, a big building here and we utilize it. Yeah. um, I'll, I'll make this little challenge cause I'm an eight on the Enneagram, uh, to those who might be out there, especially if you're a pastor out there listening and you have a building that is sitting empty for the vast majority of the week, um, consider starting at the minimum a, a daycare or a pre-K kind of sure. center, um, to, to begin helping young families in, in your area, uh, because i the fact that we could have these giant buildings and they're just here for a Wednesday night and a Sunday, um, it just baffles me, especially if you're in any kind of urban environment. So, yeah. um, we, we maintain that conviction. Here. Uh, yeah.
1: I'm not an Enneagram mate, but I will back you up wholeheartedly <laughs> okay. on that. And, and I will preach that too. You know, you can't have this giant building that's not being utilized and, and like for any pastors that are listening, right. And you're struggling, you're up to your eyeballs and, and stuff, and you're like, I don't, I don't know how to use my building, you know, and you're just trying to make it. Like, there's, there's no shame in that. Yeah. Like, like reach out, hey, you know. Fine. And there's this thing called multiply,
0: and exactly. uh, you know, and
1: we'd be glad to give you some ideas and help you work through that. Uh, yeah, because
0: it's going to take a team, no yeah. matter what. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, when I came here, um, somebody asked me, "Did you, did God call you to lead a school?" And <laughs> I said, um, "Well, he called me to lead this church, and they happen to have a school." Yeah. And that was the approach I had to take first, because it sure. was like, I gotta get the church going healthy and straight first, and then we can we can work with the school a little bit cl- more closely. And that's really what happened. And uh, we got to see God do some amazing things over the last 10 years, bringing on a, a new head of school position, uh, which now you fill. And, uh, and really um, uh, the coolest thing we did was in, I think, 2018, we essentially gave... The building to the school. The church gave the building to the school yeah. um, because the school was here literally 90% of the time from yeah. six to six every day with pre care and child care afterwards. And of course, the school day itself, summer camp, all that. And the church is only here on Sunday and sometimes on Wednesday. Right. And we were like, this is just bad use of resources, yeah, you absolutely. know? And so, um, so, for us, that was a, a pretty formative move, a pretty. Um, Uh, groundbreaking move for us because now really the church pays rent to the school for offices and, um, uh, and our use on Sunday morning. And uh, it's that little shift um, was a big, big deal. I'd love to talk more about that. Uh, Somebody off air if they want sure. to because yeah. uh um again utilizing your space and your resources the stuff that you have uh especially in a landlocked environment like we are here um is you're gonna it's gonna require some creative thinking and i love to help.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, I wasn't here at that time when you guys did that, but we were friends and I knew about that decision. And I remember thinking, God, that's so, so cutting edge and, um, and not just cutting edge, but it was a creative way to, to make use of what, uh,
0: God has given you guys here and given us, you Mm -hmm. know, essentially. And so, um, well, let's, uh, as we say, land the plane here. And, um, why don't you just give us a little bit of uh, uh your vision for this year at OVCA um and again if you're here and you're like man they've been talking about this school i am i'm in tennessee right now i don't even <laughs> care um yep. we're just we're just giving you a story right sure. we're giving you an example of, of what God has done here um and maybe what he might do to convict your own heart in the area of christian education yeah. uh whether it be homeschooling church school a uh, larger christian school christian college um we're encouraging people toward Christian education, first of all, right. and secondly, we want you to hear our story in that, and and in some of the more personal side of us, just as the leaders in it, and how we've how we've come to understand these things and believe these things. Um, so, yeah, I just want to end, kind of cap it off today with your. Um, what are you been telling the the teachers as you're preparing into to get into this uh, new school year? Sure, yeah,
1: well, and I think it, it sums up all that we've been talking about, and it really comes from, you know, Colossians three, right, verses one and two, uh, where Paul says, right, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, um, not not on the things of the earth, and then verse two he says, set your mind. On things above. And so for us, our theme verse really is this setting your mind on things above. Again, we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, we often can think about behavior modification in the Christian world. Um, you know, like how do we change people's behavior? But as you alluded to earlier, um, it happens through the mind first, right? No be do um you know what i know impacts who i am and who i am uh, impacts um the things that i do or we could say head heart hands you know and so uh when when my mind is renewed when i'm beginning to think about the things that are above and so that's really kind of our theme for this year um and you know again for the listener who um is not a part of the school is another part of the world or whatever you know the the challenge is uh, as a follower of christ how am I renewing my mind what are the things that I'm thinking on constantly because we're all thinking m- millions of thoughts uh, throughout a day and and are we setting our mind and our affections on Christ uh, and how are we taking those thoughts captive and again renewing the mind because that's really where uh, you know some people call it mind discipleship it's it's funny that we need to create a new word now for discipleship but um, you know I, again, Christianity can kind of move through its ebb and flow and the pendulum can swing back and forth between what is cool and what's not cool and all those sorts of things. But essentially, uh, what we're talking about is setting our mind on the kingdom of God. Um, and so wherever I am, whatever my job is, you know, how is my mind focused on the kingdom of God? Am I thinking things that are true, helpful? Um, as the scripture says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Am I thinking those things about myself? am I thinking those things about my spouse, uh, my neighbor who plays music too loud, uh, you know, or the, the driver who just cut me off and I want to, you know, wave at them with one finger, you know, how am I setting, um, yeah, don't, uh, one old lady in my church always said, this guy's just telling me I'm number one. And so <laughs> I was like, I love the way you, uh, you, uh, reframe that, but that's a, that's a mind discipleship thing, right? Uh, she's setting her mind on things above and, um, that guy was just pointing her above. I guess maybe mm. that's what he yeah. was doing. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's a uh, that's our theme for this year. That's our focus. Um, and so, yeah, I want to make those kind of final encouragements to you know wherever someone is at. Um, they're they're setting their mind on things above, and and if you're a parent, you know, making that decision about your child's schooling, um, what is their mind going to be surrounded with for multiple hours a day? Um, and And then if you're going with public education, then, you know, are you connected to a church that has a strong kid ministry? What are you doing at home?
0: Um, Yeah, and do you have a plan at home to be able to reach?
1: Yeah, no, you actually have to answer those questions as well. Um, And I think as a youth pastor, I would always encourage my parents as this, is that still, public school, private school, uh, homeschool, all those things, ultimately, right, uh, parents still exert the most influence over their kids yeah, right all the absolutely. statistics support that and you were saying that earlier um you know is that ultimately what happens in the home is going to set the foundation and so how's the family do we have a plan for discipleship and um what does that look like on a nightly basis and again like sometimes we're busy and we're driving kids back and forth uh between you know um sports and you're throwing chicken nuggets in the back seat and just doing mm-hmm. that thing and again there are things to be said and nuanced to talk around the busyness of our lives and are we overcommitted to things, you know, and, and that's a whole nother uh, podcast and sermon series probably. But um, the point I think we're just trying to make is, you know, um, how are we forming uh, the next generation? And it's going to happen. Someone yeah. is, is forming us as adults and someone is forming our kids. Um, how are we doing that? What does that look like in our home?
0: And um, yeah.
1: throughout yeah. the day, kid men, all that stuff. So
0: yeah. well, That's a good word, man. Um, I'll just... Leave us with this quick word to our teachers and not just OVCA teachers. I know there's a lot of school teachers out there yeah, that are getting God ready for them. a new school year as well. Um, if you are a teacher who is a Christ follower called Jesus Lord, um, this is not much different for you. You just have to do it a little bit more carefully in a public school environment. Absolutely, um, But you you can still envision your students as the next generation of leaders. Yeah. The next civic leaders, church leaders, city planners, school board members, and, and leadership is influenced, and they make an impact. They will make an impact on culture. And if they can shape it from a biblical worldview, because they had a teacher in public school that was a Christian that really helped them think through things. Um, you can't be maybe as overt with the gospel, but you can definitely talk to kids on the side, you know, and you can definitely be an influence and, and, uh, and make sure people are understanding, um, uh, these things from, from a variety of perspectives, I guess you could say, especially in that environment. Uh, but ultimately teachers, this is, this is your calling, um, to help, Raise up these next generation leaders as well. So see your students each day as future leaders in in every area of life. Um, and you're called to help each of them lead. So, um, man, it's been good. Thank you for Thank coming you. on Thank the you podcast. For having me. It's a and, privilege. Uh, being a part of the Behind Open Doors, and uh, we are uh, excited to start a new school year. And so um, let me just uh, say a quick—actually, you know what? Why don't you say a quick prayer for uh, the new school year, um, students, uh, teachers that are out there. Yeah. And, um, and let's just uh, end the podcast that way. Let's
1: do that. That's a brilliant idea. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, for the mercy of Jesus Christ, for the calling upon our lives. We want to pray especially over uh, teachers and those working in education, be that Christian education or public, Lord. uh, Wherever they are, they are a light and an ambassador for you. And so, God, most of all, fill them with your spirit. Uh, may they be people who depend on you and uh, become the hands and feet of Jesus, uh, truly articulating the gospel through their actions, uh, because their actions, as we all know, will speak louder than words. And so may you give them the fragrance of Christ wherever they are. And, Lord, we want to pray for the parents, uh, because ultimately uh, this job of forming the kids, educating kids, discipling kids was given to parents. And, um, uh, so Lord equip our parents, encourage our parents, help them to navigate their decisions with wisdom. Uh, but ultimately help all of our parents to do the same thing, Lord, to depend on you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for, um, uh, the opportunity to, uh, embark on training up the next generation, um, for, um, Your glory, Lord, that your glory might be displayed throughout the nations. And so, Lord, thank you for choosing us to participate in that in some way, shape, or form. And we ask you to bless each of them in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Behind Open Doors podcast, where we take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. Let the Word dwell richly in you, and may God multiply your efforts for the kingdom.